Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down, a chapter by chapter analysis of the Twilight books. Today we'll be looking at chapter 10, titled Interrogations. Okay, so last chapter, they were riding home from Port Angeles. Edward said, hey Bella, I really want to drink your blood. And she was like, yeah, that's cool. And he's like, I also don't sleep. And she was like, what? That's crazy. And then she goes to bed, she has a sugar high, and she pretty much says that she's now fully on board, convinced that he's a vampire, and also fully convinced that she's in love with him. Uh. (laughs) Ugh. So we start the chapter and it's the next morning and she's thinking, wow, was that all a dream or did that really happen? And she's like, well, I couldn't have imagined his smell. I could never have dreamed that up on my own. She's obsessed with his smell. And she looks outside her window and it's foggy and dark. And usually that depresses her. But now she's like, yay, that means Hedward will be there. So she goes downstairs to drive to school and it's really foggy. And then she's like, wait a minute, there's a silver car parked in my driveway. And her heart thudded, studded, and then picked up again in double time. Mm. Not good. And he's there opening the door for her and he's like, hey, do you want to lift today? And this seems like it's a nice offer. But in my head, I'm like, call ahead. Like, you don't just spring on someone a morning date. Like, what if she's not a morning person, Edward? What if she's grumpy and she's moody and she's got morning breath? You know? A morning date? No No one's ready for that. But she's like, yes, I would love to. And so she gets in the car and his jacket's still in the car because remember she's cold because she forgot her jacket in Jessica's car. And she must only have the one jacket because she did a whole thing about how she's dressing in heavy clothes because she knew she wouldn't have a jacket. (sighs) So now she's noticing what he's wearing and it's a light gray knit V-neck shirt with long sleeves. Hmm. And the fabric clung to his perfectly muscled chest. And it was a colossal tribute to his face that it kept my eyes away from his body. She's horny. (laughs) Bella is horny. And I'm just picturing, what's a a light grey knit v-neck shirt with long sleeves? I guess, I guess that's a look. That's a look. So then Bella pulls the jacket onto her lap and pushes her arms through the sleeves. Curious to see if the scent could possibly be as good as she remembered, and it was better. So I'm thinking, is she wearing the jacket backwards? She's wearing it like a blanket with her arms in the sleeve, like a snuggie. So she's using Edward's jacket as a snuggie. I mean, as if you'd do that. (laughs) I'm floored by that. (laughs) I just don't know how to process that at all. 
So she doesn't really know what to say on the drive there. And he's like, what, no 20 questions today? And they banter a little bit about how she never reacts how he expects her to. Um, She's just too cool with everything and that it's unnatural. Agreed. And so by the time they're pulling up to school, she's like, wait a minute, where's the rest of your family? (laughs) And he's like, oh, they took Rosalie's car. And then he points towards a glossy red convertible with the top up. And so they do have a second car. I was on them a few weeks ago about them not having a second car, but they do have a second car and it's a really fancy one. And she's like, wow, if she has that car, why does she bother riding with you? And he's like, yeah, it's pretty ostentatious. We try to blend in, which I mean, and none of that makes any sense to me still. Why are they trying to blend in? Just go live in a crypt. You're a vampire. Go be a vampire. Thank God for Bella. She says, why do you have cars like that at all? if you're looking for privacy. And he's like, oh, it's an indulgence. He admits with an impish smile. And he's like, we all like to drive fast. And remember she hates his speeding and she's like, figures. <laughs> and so Jessica's there waiting for them with Bella's jacket. Oh, thank God. I was so worried about that jacket. And she's not really saying anything. And Edward says, good morning, Jessica. It wasn't really his fault that his voice was so irresistible or what his eyes were capable of. Because then she says, uh, hi. Like, I don't know why that line's necessary. It, uh, I guess Bella's just assuming that Jessica's dazzled because she's like, her eyes shifted to me trying to gather her jumbled thoughts. And I was like, what? How do you know her thoughts are jumbled? You're not the mind reader here. She's just like projecting her experiences with Edward onto everyone else around them. It's like maybe, maybe the other kids at school don't like Edward. No one ever talks to him. Maybe they see him for the abusive controlling freak that he is. But she walks off and Edward's like, hey, she's going to ambush you in class and ask you all about it. And Bella groans as she pulls Edward's jacket off of her and hands it back to him and replaces it with her own. So I'm thinking, was she wearing it like a Snuggie? Getting out of the car park as well? (laughs) Like, I could imagine that she put it on properly when she got out of the car, but Stephanie usually likes to tell us these things. She doesn't like any detail to go unmentioned. So I'm going to assume she wore it like a Snuggie throughout that whole interaction with Jessica. And then Edward's like, well, what are you going to tell her? And she's like, can't you just tell me what she's thinking so I know what she's going to ask me? And he's like, I can't do that. That's not fair. And Bella says, no, you're not sharing what you know. Now that's not fair. And yeah, I'm on Bella's side here. Team Bella, hashtag team Bella. So he's like, fine. She wants to know if we're secretly dating and she wants to know how you feel about me. And Bella says, yikes. What should I say? And he's like, hmm... And he pauses to catch a stray lock of hair that was escaping the twist on her neck and winds it back into place. And her heart spluttered hyperactively. Uh, mate, Mike did that a couple of chapters ago and you thought it was disgusting. And I thought it was disgusting too. I still think it's disgusting. Steph's just repeating the exact same scenario and expecting us to feel about it differently just because it's Edward. Creepy behavior is creepy behavior no matter who commits the behavior. Right? Edward shouldn't just get a pass on doing the creepy thing that Mike did just because Edward's prettier. That's not a world I want to live in. Like, Donald Trump said grab him by the pussy and we were all repulsed. And that wasn't just because he was ugly ass Donald Trump. We would still be repulsed if it was Brad Pitt saying grab him by the pussy. Because what he said was wrong. The act was wrong, not just who did it. And then Edward's like, well, you could say yes to the first question, if you don't mind, being the question about them dating because he's like, that's just easier than any other explanation. And she says, oh, I don't mind. So that's them going official. <laughs> that's, that's that. We didn't get a promposal or anything. <laughs> he just said, yeah, let's say we're dating. 
very chill. And then he's like, well, for the other question, meaning like what she thinks about him, he says, I'll be listening to hear the answer to that one myself. And one side of his mouth pulls up into her favorite uneven smile. And she can't even catch a breath after that comment. So he turns and walks away and she's like, oh my goodness. And I think, again, it's a bit creepy for Edward to say he's listening in on her private conversations. It's the same as going through her phone. No, it's worse. It's much worse. I don't know where I was going with that. Mind reading a conversation that your partner is having with someone else is much worse than going through their phones. (laughs) It's similar, but it's worse. But yeah, it's a breach. It's a breach of privacy. And Bella's like, yeah, well, okay. I'm like, Bella, respect yourself. Respect your boundaries. But as Edward's walking off, he says, I'll see you at lunch over his shoulder. And three people walking in the door stop to stare at Bella because of that. (laughs) This whole school is just obsessed with Bella and Edward, apparently. And she gets to class and Mike's there and he's like, morning, Bella. And she looks up to see an odd, almost resigned look on his face as he says, how is Port Angeles? What the hell is that about? Oh, so I guess that's because Jess has already told Mike that she went home with Edward. And so Mike's upset because Bella's not available to him. Get over it, Mike. But then I guess he's not really that bothered because she says Jessica got a really cute dress. And he's like, did she say anything about our date on Monday night with his eyes brightening? And she was like, yeah, it was great. And that's, that's that for that scene. That's that for that class. I don't know why we were privy to that class at all. That was a whole load of nothing. Uh, And then we get one of, one of Steph's famous weather updates. She says, the fog had almost dissolved by the end of the second hour of class or whatever. I don't know. And, but the day was still dark with low oppressing clouds and Bella smiled up at the sky. We didn't need to know that. It's forks. You've established that it's cloudy. We don't need to hear every time that it's cloudy. So she gets to Trig and there's Jessica and she's like, tell me everything. And Bella's like, yeah, he bought me dinner. Then he drove me home. He drives like a maniac. It was terrifying. And she's like, I hope he heard that. She's got to be in a bonnet about the driving. So then Jessica's like, well, was it like a date? Did you actually like arrange to meet him there? And she's like, no, I was surprised. And Jessica's lips pucker in disappointment at that. I don't know why. None of these character motivations are making sense to me this chapter. I don't know where Jess is coming from. I don't know what Mike's thinking about. I don't care. But she's giving them these little facial quirks that just don't make sense with what, what's going on with the conversations that they're having. And Jess is like, are you going out again? And she's like, yeah, well, he was going to drive me to Seattle on Saturday. Does that count? And she says, yeah. And Bella says, well, then yes. And then Jessica says, wow but Steph tells us that she exaggerated the word into three syllables. Wow. Like that's only two. How could you, how could you get that one word, three letters into three syllables? Wow. 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 So he offered to drive me to Seattle. Does that count? Yes. Well then yes. Wow. Wouldn't just be wow. But no, three syllables. Wow. Then Jessica's like, has he kissed you yet? And she says, no, it's not like that. Jess is like, well, what do you guys talk about? And she's like, oh, I don't know, Jess, lots of stuff. And I was like, no, you didn't really talk about lots of stuff. You talked about vampires. She's like, yeah, we talked about the English essay a little. And I was like, yeah, bullshit. You didn't talk about the English essay like at all. And Jess is like, come on, bitch. Like, give me some more details. And so Bella's like, well, there was this waitress that was flirting with him. It was really over the top, but he didn't pay any attention to her at all. 
And she's like, oh, that's a good sign. Was she pretty? And Bella's like, yep. And she was 19 or 20, like an older gal. And Jess is like, yep, well, he must like you. That's, that's the proof in the pudding. But now because Bella knows that he's listening in, she's like, I think so, but it's really hard to tell because he's always so cryptic. Like she's throwing in these little digs at Edward to be like, huh, how do you like that, Mr. Eavesdropper man? And then Jess says, I don't know how you're brave enough to be alone with him. And I'm like, is this, is this Jessica like acknowledging that he's a creepy stalker, abusive, controlling freak? Thank you for bringing it up, Jess. Like, I know it's really hard when your friend is dating someone you don't like. It's really hard for like you to bring that up and it puts you in a weird position and you don't want to fill that role. But I was like, wow, brave of you for stepping up. And Bella says, why? And she's like, oh, just because he's so intimidating. I wouldn't know what to say to him. And I was like, oh no, I retract everything she was just saying. It's because he's intimidatingly handsome. She wasn't concerned about his personality. Oh, well. And Bella says she made a face, probably remembering this morning or last night when he turned the overwhelming force of his eyes on her. Again, stop projecting your obsession with Edward onto other people. Jess is her own person. Maybe she doesn't give a shit about Edward. How about that? But Jess says he is unbelievably gorgeous. (laughs) They leave it at that. And Bella says, there's a lot more to him than that. And she's like, really? Like what? I don't think Bella's got anything to say to that. And she's like, well, I can't actually explain it right. But he's even more unbelievable behind the face. And I was like, you don't know anything about him. But in her head, she's narrating that he's a vampire who wanted to be good, who ran around saving people's lives so he wouldn't be a monster. And I was like, he's just saved your life. And I think you're giving him an awful lot of credit. Like, I feel like if, if I saw someone about to get hit by a van, I'd at least be like, hey, watch out, get out of the way of that van. Or if I had time, I'd maybe push him out of the way. But she's giving him credit. She's like, he's running around saving people's lives. And, and, and I don't know if he's saving people's lives. He saved your life. Oh, but Jess is relentless. She's like, so you like him? And she's like, yes. And she's like, oh no, I mean, but do you really like him? And she says, yes. And she starts blushing again. Why blushing? I think she's got rosacea. I think she does. Then Jess is like, how much do you like him? And she says, too much. More than he likes me. And she sighs, one blush blending into the next, just perpetually blushed. And so then later in the class, Bella starts bringing up Mike so, you know, that she can change the subject. So they talk about Mike for a bit, whatever. And then the bell rings for lunch and she's like, see ya, bitch. <laughs> she's like, she, she can't wait to get to the cafeteria to see Edward. And Jess is like, oh, okay, so you're not sitting with us. And she's like, mm, I don't think so. What a smug bitch. <laughs> Bella's being so smug. Like, you've got a boyfriend. Stop rubbing it into your friend's face. But when she walks out of the class, there's Edward. He's leaning against the wall, looking like a Greek god, waiting for her. And Jessica takes a look and she rolls her eyes and she walks away. <laughs> Good, good work, Jess. Stick it to him, Jess. And she's like, see you later, Bella. And Edward says, hello. But his voice was amused and irritated at the same time with just that one word. So, hello. Amused is like, hello. And irritated is like, hello. So, hello. Hello. Oh, that's what it was. It would have been more sarcastic. Like, hello. Like, hello. Yeah. And then she can't think of anything else to say. So they just walk to the cafeteria in silence. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Silence. We're having a lot of silent time. I don't think they have anything to talk about with each other apart from the fact that he's a vampire and that she should run away because he's dangerous. Like, that's all they've talked about. I mean, ask him what he's reading. Ask if you've seen any movies lately. What's your favorite Pokemon? Like all that bullshit, like get to know each other. And so then he's at the cafeteria and he's filling up a tray with food. And she's like, what are you doing? You're not getting all that for me. And he's like, bitch, half is for me. Stop blowing my cover. And she's like, oh yeah, oops. But also why is he picking her food for her? Let her pick her own food. It's just this chivalry disguising control. That's what this is. It's toxic. Although if anyone gave me food, I'd like propose to them on the spot, but that's neither here nor there. And so they sit down and he's like, yeah, take whatever you want, pushing the tray towards her. So she picks up an apple. Ah, like the cover of the book. Ah, we get it. And she's like, what would you do if someone dared you to eat food? And he glares at her. And so he picks up a piece of pizza, nibbles off a bite and then swallows. And she watches him with her eyes wide. She's like, (gasps) like super shocked. Like, oh my God, he's eating. And he says, if someone dared you to eat dirt, you could, couldn't you? And he asks it condescendingly. If someone dared you to eat dirt, you could, couldn't you? Like, why are you dating this man that's condescending to you? Like, it's too soon in your relationship to be that condescending. Like, you only just said you were going out today, a couple of hours ago before class. Like, if you're going to be snarky to your partner, at least, at least wait a few months. Get over that honeymoon period before you show your true colors. That's, that's what I always say. She wrinkles her nose and she's like, you know what I did once? 
on a dare. And she's talking about eating the dirt. So he said, if someone dared you to eat dirt, you could, couldn't you? And she said, I did once on a dare. And I was like, yeah, he told you dare was in the question. (sighs) I'm just glad she clarified that it was on a dare. Because if she's walking around eating dirt, she's got bigger problems than I thought. And she says, it wasn't that bad. (laughs) Eating the dirt wasn't that bad. I knew she had low standards, but this just proves it. And so then Bedward's like, so the waitress was pretty, was she? And she's like, you didn't notice? And he's like, no, I wasn't paying attention. I had a lot on my mind. And so Edward just brings up the fact that he was disappointed in something that he heard her say. And she's like, well, I warned you that you might not want to know what I was thinking. And he's like, yeah, but I just wish you wouldn't be thinking some things. And she's like, wow. And he's like, do you truly believe that you care more for me than I do for you? And like, that's, that was his issue with it. Her saying that she didn't know if he cared for her. Like, ugh. So Ed was trying to have like an open and honest conversation. He's, he's bearing his insecurities, but Bella just says his dark golden eyes were piercing. And so she had to remember to breathe and look away. And and she's like, you're doing it again. And he's like, what? And she's like, dazzling me. And I'm like, bitch, he's opening up to you about his insecurities. And you're just like, oh, look at his eyes. Oh, and he's like, oh, am I dazzling you? And she's like, oh, it's not your fault. You can't help it. And she's like, yeah, I really think that I care more about you than you care about me. And then there's another awkward silence. And then finally he speaks and he's like, you're wrong. And meanwhile, she's like, has to remind herself that they're in a crowded lunchroom with probably many curious eyes on them. Again, she's so self-centered. Everyone in this cafeteria must be staring at them. There's no way that they have their own problems and issues and dating lives to think about. But he's like, you're wrong, Bella. And his eyes were gentle. But then his liquid topaz eyes were also penetrating the sentence later. So doing a lot of eye work again. And he's like, well, what makes you think that? And then she's struggling to find the words. And he's getting impatient and frustrated by her silence. And he starts to scowl. (laughs) She's again, abusive. It's not normal behavior. You shouldn't be scowling at your girlfriend, again, on the first day of you being boyfriend and girlfriend. Save your scowls for, I don't know, six months later. Save your scowls for when you're living together and one of them's not on back in the dishwasher. Save your scowls for then. And so she thinks about it, she, she fiddles with her hands, we get a lot of description about what her hands are doing, and then she's like, okay, well, basically, sometimes it feels like you're trying to say goodbye when you're saying something else. And he's like, huh, perceptive but you're wrong. And then she puts herself down because she's like, look at me. I'm absolutely ordinary, except for bad things like all the near death experiences and being so clumsy that I'm almost disabled. And look at you. And she waves a hand at him and his bewildering perfection. Couple of things to unpack here. So she's saying she's absolutely ordinary, which she said before. I'm not going to disagree with her. Um, all the near death experiences. Again, she's just had one. She's just had the one. And then being so clumsy that I'm almost disabled. That's, that's ableist. That's, that's offensive to people with a disability. I don't think you should be saying that. That's, that's tacky. And finally, just because he's pretty doesn't mean he's perfect, right? So he's got good bone structure. That doesn't make him perfect. And then he gets angry again and he's like, you don't see yourself very clearly, you know. And he's like, but I will admit you were dead on about the bad things. And he chuckles blackly. (laughs) And he's like, but you didn't hear what every human male in this school was thinking on your first day. And she's like, what? People thought I was sexy. And I was like, oh, this again. You got asked out by three different people on the same day. People find you attractive in this town. 
I don't get it either, but that's the weird twilight zone that we're living in. And she's like, no, I don't believe that. And he said, trust me just this once, you are the opposite of ordinary. Which is just a load of bullshit. She's pretty ordinary. She's the exact definition of ordinary. And then she brings up the I'm not saying goodbye thing again. And he's like, that just proves how much I care about you because if leaving is the right thing to do, then I'll hurt myself to keep from hurting you, to keep you safe. I'm like, what's this rhetoric? It's bullshit. And she's like, well, I would do the same. And he's like, yeah, but you'd never have to make that choice. And I'm like, well, this is all hypothetical at this point in time. Let's just sidebar this conversation. So they're just talking in circles. And Edward's like, let's shift the mood. And he's like, of course, keeping you safe is beginning to feel like a full-time occupation that requires my constant presence. (laughs) The old reliable make fun of how clumsy she is line. They bang on about this a lot. And she's grateful for the lighter subject because she didn't want to talk about goodbyes anymore. But then she says, if I had to, I supposed I could purposefully put myself in danger to keep him close. Um, that's not a healthy thought purposefully putting yourself in danger to get his attention. Um, not only would that be extremely manipulative on your end. Oh, that's a lot to unpack and I'm not, I'm not qualified for this. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. And it's been like over 10 years since I've read the sequels, but it does sound like this actually happens when for a period Edward leaves her or whatever, she puts herself in danger to get his attention. Like, that's not right. That's not right. So then Edward's like, yeah, I have another question for you. And she says, shoot. (laughs) And he says, do you really need to go to Seattle this weekend? Or was that just an excuse to say no to everyone asking you out? And she's like, yeah, well, it's your fault that bloody Tyler asked me anyway. And then he chuckles again. Bloody Edward the chuckler. But she doesn't say it's a dark chuckle, so I'm going to assume this is back to his normal light chuckling that he always does. And he says, if I'd asked you, would you have turned me down? And she's like, you know what? Probably not. But I would have cancelled later, like faked an illness or sprained an ankle. And he's like, why would you do that? And she's like, oh, you've never seen me in gym. And he's like, oh, are you referring to the fact that you can't walk across a flat, stable surface without finding something to trip over? She says, obviously, it's just teasing her disguised as banter. That's what that is. He's negging her. And he's like, but back to my question, do you want to go to Seattle or would you mind if we did something different? And she says, as long as the we part was in, I didn't care about anything else. And I'm like, bitch, you still haven't gone to a bookshop yet. (laughs) For months now, you've been waiting to go to a bookshop because the library in Forks sucked. The crystal bookshop in Port Angeles was too hippy dippy for you. Don't you need things to read? You were going to go to Seattle and fill your truck up three different times to get there, there and back just so you could go to a bookstore. But he's like, can we do something else? And she's like, yep, I'm open to alternatives. She says, as long as the we part was in, I didn't care about anything else. Well, you're just gonna have to settle for Pride and Prejudice on a loop because you've got nothing else to read. She's like, yeah, we can do whatever, but I wanna drive. And he's like, well, why? And she says it's to deflect suspicion from Charlie, but basically she's like, your driving frightens me, okay? He rolls his eyes and he says, of all the things about me that could frighten you, you worry about me driving. And he shakes his head in disgust. And again, I'm thinking, here's your girlfriend expressing her her feelings and her concerns for her own safety. And you're just shutting her down like you're being a prick. Just stop speeding or let her drive. It's not that hard. Where are you in a rush to get to anyway, Edward? Like you don't sleep. All you've got in the world is time. You're not on a deadline to get anywhere. 
So she says, where are we going? And he says, the weather will be nice, so I need to stay out of the public eye. But you can stay with me if you'd like to. And she's thinking, ooh, you mean I get to see you in the sun? And she's like, yep, definitely want to do that. And he's like, but if you don't want to be alone with me, I'd still rather if you didn't go to Seattle by yourself because you could get into a lot of trouble in a city that size. Again, this is straight out of the abuser playbook. Just not letting her go on her own on a trip. Needing to be with her at all times for her protection. Like... Nah, 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 that's not, that's not a healthy relish. And she considers arguing him about how Phoenix is so much bigger than Seattle because she loves that little factoid. But his eyes did that unfair smoldering thing again. And she's like, oh, can't argue with those eyes. (laughs) So she's like, oh, well, yep. Whatever you say, whatever you say, boss, whatever you say, master. Like it's, nah, she's a doormat. She's a doormat. And then he says, broodingly, he says, you should tell Charlie though. And she's like, why would I do that? And he's like, to give me some small incentive to bring you back. Um, uh, you don't own her, Edward. Why do you need to be incentivized to bring her back to her home? You can't just kidnap her, mate. And then after he says that, she gulps again, because she's a cartoon character, she gulps. And after a moment of thought, she was like, I need to read this out because it's so dumb. She says, I gulped. But after a moment of thought, I was sure. And she says, I'll take my chances. So <laughs> she's, she's seeing the signs. She's getting the red flags. She's just ignoring the red flags. And that annoys him because he's always annoyed at her. And she's like, well, let's talk about something else. And she's like, well, why'd you go to that Goat Rocks place last weekend to hunt? Because Charlie said it's not a very good place to hike because of all the bears. And he's like, um, bitch, we're hunting the bears. And she's like, what? You can't hunt bears. They're not in season. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, we have our own laws that cover hunting without weapons. And she's like, huh? And she's just not getting it. And he's like, yeah, bears, we eat bears. And he's like, grizzlies are Emmett's favorite. And she's like, huh? And she takes a bite of pizza. She's like, okay. And she's like, well, what's your favorite? And he's like, oh, I like to eat mountain lions. And she's like, ah, in a politely disinterested tone as she drinks her soda. He's like, yeah, we have to be careful not to impact the environment with injudicious hunting. So we try to focus on areas with an overpopulation of predators. (laughs) And he says, there's plenty of deer and elk here and they'll do, but where's the fun in that? And I'm thinking, is this, this is the most he's ever talked about being a vampire and it's about him eating grizzly bears and mountain lions and deer and elk. And it's like, wouldn't you want to downplay that? Like last night in the car, he like barely wanted to talk about how he eats blood. And now he's like, oh, let me, let me rank you my favorite. So my favorite would be mountain lions. And then my second favorite would be bears. And then my third favorite would be elk. (laughs) He's so guarded with everything else. But on this, he's just chatty Cathy. (laughs) And it's the grossest part of being a vampire. And he just keeps, and he just keeps going. And she's like, uh-huh. And he's like, early spring is Emmett's favorite bear season because they're coming out of hibernation, which makes them more irritable. Now she's like, uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's so interesting. And then he's like, oh, okay. Well, what are you thinking? And she's like, oh, I'm just trying to picture how you hunt a bear without weapons. And he's like, bitch, we have weapons. And then like he flashes his teeth at her in a threatening smile. And then she, she gets a shiver. She's like, uh-oh. Like, she's a bit scared by that. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, Edward, this isn't cool. It's not cool, man. She's clearly getting freaked out. And he's like, yep. And Emmett 
attacks like a bear and she's like, are you like a bear? And he's like, no, I'm more like a lion. Perhaps our preferences are indicative. And she's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm like, dude, stop talking about how you like to eat lions. <laughs> this is word vomit. This is the definition of word vomit. And I suppose when you're on a date and you're awkward and you're just like spitting out things and talking about things that you don't mean to be talking about and you just can't stop yourself, I imagine that's what's happening here. But for someone who's usually so reserved, it's quite a character shift. And Bella's trying to picture it. And she's like, is this something that I might get to see? And he's like, oh God, absolutely not. He's like, I wouldn't dream of you seeing me hunt. And I'm like, okay, but you're painting a very great picture for her right now. So let's just cut the conversation short, shall we? And she's like, what, would it be too scary for me? And he's like, oh no, you need a healthy dose of fear. Nothing could be more beneficial for you. She's like, well then why would, why would I not be allowed to see you hunt? And he doesn't really answer. He's just like, no, nah, I'll tell you later. When really, I guess it means when he's all bloodlusty, he'll be like, yeah, I want to, I want to eat your blood, Bella. So I, 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 the inference is that, yeah, if he was in hunt mode, he would kill his girlfriend. But we gloss over that. Like all the other threats of harm in this abusive relationship, we gloss over it. And he's like, oh, come on, we got to go. We're going to be late. And she glances around and she's like, oh my God, the cafeteria is empty. When I was with him, time and place were such a model blur that I completely lost track of both. <sighs> and that's the end of the chapter. So what did we learn? Well, they officially became boyfriend-girlfriend. Didn't say as much, but they said they were dating. So, wow. And then they had lunch together and that's it. So Edward can eat solids. Bella thinks dirt doesn't taste that bad. And... He loves mountain lions. Can't get enough of mountain lions. So the next chapter is called Complications. Good. We need some complications in this plot because at the moment it's meandering. So I'll see you next week. As always, if you've got any thoughts, send me a tweet at podbreakingdown on Twitter or send me an email to breakingdownpod at gmail.com. Please rate and review, like and subscribe, blah, 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 blah. And I'll see you next week. Bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.